With Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our online banking and mobile app are like having a branch right at your fingertips with everything you need to use and manage your accounts 24-7. Check us out at NotreDameFCU.com, insured by NCUA. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. This show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. I'm Kyle Hyman, here with our good bishop. Are you ready for Lent, Bishop? I'm getting there. Okay. Yeah. I kind of like Lent, but it always seems to creep up fast. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But how much do you think about, like, I want to do something different for this Lent versus, it's Lent. This is what I do for Lent. I'm in a routine of... I'm kind of more in a routine. I mean, not always, but there are certain things that I found to be spiritually fruitful. Okay. And, you know, I don't like to share my Lenten penances publicly Uh because Jesus says to keep quiet But yeah, I I do, in a general way, try to do something in the three areas, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, Mm -hmm. the traditional Lenten penitential practices. And I I recommend that. I mean, I think what's more important, though, is that if that's too much for someone, that they make sure that it's something that that they can be faithful to. Mm-hmm. But even if it's something small in each of those areas, I think is a good thing. Yeah. So today's topic is how should we prepare for Lent? Like you said, I think sometimes it can sneak up on us. All of a sudden we realize, oh, today's Fat Tuesday and I haven't really thought about what I'm going to do for Lent or today's Ash Wednesday. What am I going to do for Lent? So what are some ways that we can prepare and to think about what we should be doing for Lent? Well, I think, you know, on the first Sunday of Lent, we always hear the gospel of the temptations of Jesus. So mm. I think that orients us because in a sense, Jesus, well, since Jesus spent 40 days in the desert and was tempted, I mean, that's where we get our practice of the 40 days of Lent. So it's kind of like uniting ourselves to the mystery of Jesus in the desert. Mm-hmm. I like to think of it th- that way. Of course, Jesus fasted, mm-hmm. you know. So some act of self-denial, I think, is is very good. Certainly, Jesus prayed, so something in the area of prayer. Mm-hmm. I don't think of almsgiving on the part of Jesus because he was out there alone in the desert. However, his whole life was self-giving. Mm. He gave everything. He gave his very life for us, mm-hmm. of course, and we remember that and commemorate that during Holy Week. So those are some thoughts. It's also, there might be a good spiritual book that someone would want to read during Lent. There's so many good things. It could be on the passion of Jesus, or it could be, you know, just reflecting on the readings each day, the liturgical readings. Mm-hmm. For Lent because they are very purposely chosen by the church. There's just so many things, you know, traditional practices like the Stations of the Cross, praying the rosary, going to daily mass. I mean, there's so many things that one can can choose. I think nowadays, because we are so, not necessarily addicted, but so attached to our phones mm-hmm. and technology, that that might be more of a sacrifice to fast a bit on that rather than on food. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because if we're just so preoccupied with our phones or with social media in general, often that can 
that can be harmful in the sense that we're neglecting that might mean that we're neglecting time for prayer or we're neglecting mm-hmm. time with family or neglecting you know doing things that are serving our growth more yeah. reading for example right. even exercising mm-hmm. i know we've talked about hallow on this program before but so many people have told me how that's helped them in their prayer life. Mm-hmm. So I'll put a plug out. I'm sure Hallow has some a lot for Lent. Yeah. For those who don't know what Hallow is, it's an app. I say to resist technology, but this is good <laughs> technology. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big proponent. I've been friends with the founders for years now, and they were Notre Dame students, and and just how popular this has become, helping. A lot of young adults, but people of all ages, really. Mm -hmm. And there's just a wealth of different types of prayers, devotions, meditations on that app that people who, and and people will say, oh, Bishop, I struggle, like how to pray, or I will often recommend Hallow because Mm -hmm. some say, yeah, that really has helped me to learn how to pray. It's amazing to see how many different ministries are doing programs for Lent. You know, books or video series, audio things, daily emails and stuff. So there's plenty of ways that you can get that spiritual nourishment or additional prayer kind of suggestions, tips, reflections. Exactly. So, yeah, encourage people to pick a pick one or two. You know, it's like you said, not not bite off more than you can chew. Don't don't choose them all. Don't sign up for every email list possible, probably. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of great resources out there. One of the things that you mentioned a couple of times here is almsgiving. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the three that we talk about, prayer, fasting, almsgiving. I feel like prayer, we get what prayer is. We did a whole episode just recently on on prayer. Fasting is, you know, giving something up. Usually we think of food, but like you said, technology or other things that might be poor uses of your time. Almsgiving, where does the term almsgiving come from? Or what 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 do we mean by that? Other than well, just it's giving? right there in the gospel because Jesus mentions it. He says, when you give alms, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Mm-hmm. So it actually goes back to the Old Testament where they were expected to tithe okay. and, you know, 10% of their earnings. Mm-hmm. So this is, yeah, it's it's a Jewish practice, but it's obviously part of our calling as Christians is to uh, be generous to the poor mm-hmm. and those in need. And, you know, some people have particular charities that they are especially supportive of. And obviously the church and all the good works of the church, you know, like even in the Sunday collection, you mm-hmm. know, like sometimes people have just been getting the habit, okay, I give this much every week as a sacrifice for for the works of the church, for my parish, for the diocese. But then, you know, it's the same amount. Maybe they can consider, oh, I can can give more. Mm -hmm. Or there may be particular other Catholic charities, for example, Mm -hmm. or Catholic relief services. On Good Friday every year, we take up a collection for the church in the Holy Land. Our diocese really does well with that collection. Okay. And I really am happy about that because when I get the report of all the dioceses, I think, wow, the people of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, realize the importance of supporting our Christian brothers and sisters 
in the land where Jesus walked, Mm -hmm. where they are such a small minority now and really need our assistance. So there's just many things, yeah. Mm -hmm. Beyond just financial, does that also include like time and talent is is giving alms? Generally, when I think of alms, I think of of money, finances, financial gifts. But also if one gives their time or their talent, I don't know that I'd call that almsgiving, but that's also sacrificial Mm -hmm. and can also be included if one chooses. I know, for example, some families where the parents want to get their children accustomed to helping others and, and especially the poor. So they will do things like work at a soup kitchen one day mm-hmm. a week or or something like that or at a food bank. So some will do that. And I think, I think it really is important for parents to also teach by example and by word the importance of this. I know I was brought up with that. I mean, I remember during Lent, for example, and we were excited about it. We'd be given these cans and they had like 40 around the can they had like for each day and you have to check off that you gave put some some money in, oh, in okay. the can and of course we would i don't know if the families do this today but we would receive our weekly allowance for the chores that we did uh-huh. i mean we were expected to like we had envelopes children envelopes that we had to put money in the collection all year then, round or just, all year round yeah. but then the special sacrifice during during lent and now, you know, we have Operation Rice Bowl, mm-hmm. which is great because it helps CRS. And I think that's kind of very similar. And families can get as many rice bowls as they want. The children could mm-hmm. use them. And and there's also educational materials that go along with, with it that they can get on CRS website where children can learn about children in poverty, for yeah. example, in, in poor countries of the world. So that's another another idea. How much do you think our, our Lenten practices should be personal versus maybe something that you would do as a family or a, a group? Maybe that you would, maybe a school class would get together and decide to do something together or a workplace or something. Yeah, I, I like both. I okay. think it's great. I do think in families, for example, family prayer during Lent, mm-hmm. you know, as a family, for example, to go to this let's say, for example, to be resolved to go to the Stations of the Cross every Friday in Lent as a family. Or that as a family on Friday or Wednesday, you just have soup and bread for dinner. You know, there's things you could do as individuals, but but I think it is good for families. I think that's, uh, and I do know families who do things together Mm -hmm. like that. Is this something that we should spend a lot of time thinking about, praying about, uh, looking at kind of what we might need spiritually and or what we're lacking or what we've been slacking on? Or is that maybe reading too much into it and we should just pick well, something and then and then use Lent as a time to go deeper? You know, I'll just give my experience. What I usually do is I spend some time in prayer, in meditation thinking about what would be a good resolution for Lent and I'll pray a little bit about it, but I don't spend days Mm -hmm. trying to discern it. I mean, to me, it usually comes pretty quickly. What would be good? And sometimes if you're always doing the same thing, might be good to change, you know, because you know, how 
sacrificial is it? You know, I ask myself, is this really going to be much of a sacrifice? I know somebody, a friend of mine, who always gives up alcohol for Lent. Uh-huh. And that's a big sacrifice for him because he loves beer. Uh-huh. And so I would... I'd say he should keep doing that. Just <laughs> yeah. So it might be something that you really think, yeah, this is a sacrifice. Like if I had to give up that, that wouldn't be a real sacrifice. Yeah. But there are some foods that you know, uh-huh. you know, giving up desserts. You know, for those who have a sweet tooth, you yeah. know, that can be you know a, a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. What about Sundays during Lent? Is that a cheat day? Do we <laughs> give up our things that we gave up for Sundays. That's a good question. I get that a lot. Technically, this Sunday is always a celebration of resurrection of the Lord. So it's generally not a day of penance. It's not a penitential day. So one doesn't have to, but do penance on that day. However, there's nothing wrong with doing a, continuing your penance on Sundays mm-hmm. of Lent. So for example, if if a person gives up desserts and they feel like, okay, if I eat desserts on Sundays, I'm kind of interrupting, you know, my penance. So they decide, no, I'm, I'm not going to eat desserts on Sundays. Others might say, well, no, Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. I'm going to, so I, I don't, I think you have the freedom to decide on that. But continue the prayer. Yeah, don't I would. Don't stop praying on right, Sunday. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> All right. Anything else that we should be thinking about? Any other resources that you might suggest? Well, I would I would just want to mention the sacrament of reconciliation. Mm. I think that all of us should go to confession sometime during Lent. Church doesn't mandate that, but I, I think to myself, you know, humbly confessing our sins and receiving absolution is really important, and we receive the strength to resist temptation. And again, going back to Jesus being tempted in the desert, it just seems like uh, a very appropriate time for going to confession. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Bishop, for another great episode of Truth and Charity. Could we get your Episcopal blessing before we go? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May Almighty God bless you the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome, Kyle. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. It's engineered by Josh Skipper at the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, produced by Miriam Schmitz, and edited by Tony Marks for Spoke Street Media. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.